Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to Affected by Altitude, a Colorado Rockies podcast for and by Rockies fans on Rocky Mountain Rooftop. Thank you for joining us as we discuss all things baseball and Colorado Rockies. Hey everybody, welcome to another edition of Affected by Altitude, a Colorado Rockies podcast, part of the Rocky Mountain Rooftop Network, which is a proud member of the Fans First Sports Network. I am your host, Skylar Timmons, and if you're listening to this or watching this, You'll notice that I am all on my lonesome. Not a single other person here with me. Uh, I'm all by myself. And just sort of circumstance here this week for this episode. Uh, If you recall last week, I was with Kenneth Weber. uh, Because Evan Lang, my usual cohort, uh, was on vacation out in Texas. And unfortunately, when he came back throughout this whole week, uh, he's been dealing with a sickness. And it's kind of... (laughs) <laughs> shot his voice and so he wasn't available to hop on sort of last minute and with my scheduling and everything and as we've long heralded, I have incredibly bad internet at home I'm usually recording somewhere else uh, usually the time that we have to do it and unfortunately there wasn't anybody else available at the time that I was able to record uh, on Sunday so flying solo And that's okay. I've got the experience. Uh, Thankfully, I have done plenty of broadcasts on my own as well. And so, and now growing up in Southern Colorado, and no, I'm the youngest brother. I spent a lot of time by myself wandering out in the wilderness. And I've learned to talk to myself quite a bit in my my life. And so, no big deal. And so, hopefully, we can have at least a good conversation here, good content-wise. Hopefully you can tune in and g- gather something from this. But we'll do the best we can, and that's really all we can ask for. And no, it, luckily, I've been trying to do my homework, and look at how you do this on your own with a podcast. And shout-out to, to Paul Holden over at Locked on Rockies podcast. I was doing some research, watching some of his his episodes of his podcast and 
Luckily, that's, that's given me some insight. He does it weekly, almost daily on his own. And so I took some pointers watching his videos and everything and just having that conversation. So hopefully, bear with me and hopefully we don't drive you away. And we always appreciate all those that tune in and support the show. Uh, if you're watching on the video version, you can see my That's Baseball t-shirt available over on our spread shop. Uh, you can find that link over on our Twitter account in the profile. It's our pinned. Uh, Got to sell some more of these, folks. It goes directly to help support the show, support us, and hopefully we can continue to try to build this thing up uh, because this is for you, the fans, and, and partly for us because we love doing it. Uh, so you can do that. Go check that out. They're pretty nice shirts. We're always thinking about uh, other designs we can look at. Just something fun to have and, and kind of build up. No, the Rockies jokes and memes that we have out in the wilderness together. So, as always, again, you can go find that over at Spread Shirt, our Spread Shirt shop. Uh, again, find the link over in our Twitter account at RockyMTN Rooftop. Uh, some other brief news. What's coming up? Well, we have just recently, this last Wednesday, we had the newest episode of Every Rocky Ever. It's a podcast I do with my brother where it's kind of a spinoff of the Twitter account, Every Rocky Ever, where we posted every single Rocky that has ever played in a game for the Colorado Rockies, all former players. And we've been have teamed up with my brother, Dustin, and we just kind of go over and talk about him. In this most recent episode, we talked about Kurt Manwaring and Jeff Reed, Rockies Kanchik tandem in the late 90s. Really fun conversation there. Dustin has a lot of memories of those 90s Rockies, especially uh, he absolutely hated Kurt Manwaring as a 12-year-old. And you can listen to that episode. You can also watch it on our YouTube channel uh, over in our podcast feed as well. And <laughs> witness a change of heart by a nearly 40-year-old man <laughs> towards Kurt Manwaring. Uh, it's pretty, pretty fun to see. Um, also as well with the month of May coming to a close here pretty soon, uh, you can be on the lookout for the Pebble Report Pebble Report podcast uh, with Evan and Kenneth. That'll likely pop up uh, near that first week of June or so. So coming up here pretty soon. Uh, other than that, not else much else is going on uh, aside from lots of Rockies baseball, which we can go on into now. So a couple of quick hits here that we can touch on. It's been a week. Been a week for the Rockies. Playing at home. Finishing up a weekend series here against the Mets. They played four games against the Marlins. Ended up winning that series, taking three of four. Pretty good series for the Rockies. Pitching-wise, some good timely hitting. Aside from one game where they faced Sandy Alcantara. Uh, overall, a decent series for the Rockies. Which uh, Over the month of May, we've seen them get better which is good to see. It's still not to a level that we would want them to be. They're still pretty bad in a lot of areas. But overall, we've seen some pitching improve. We've seen offensive numbers in, in some areas. In some aspects, things have been better than they were in April. Elias Diaz continues to carry this offense in every aspect of the game. And the young guys are continuing to play and prove themselves and... Unfortunately, there is a bit of a scary injury. It looks like it's going to be okay. But 
in the series against the Marlins, I believe it was that one of the the last game of that series, I believe. One of those. It, it's tough to, they all mesh together at some point. But Brent Doyle going up trying to rob a home run, ends up just bashing his knee into the center field wall. The ball was basically in his glove. Goes over the fence for a home run. And he kind of writhes around in pain on the floor. And fortunately, he's able to avoid an injured list stint, it looks like. Because the diagnosed just as a knee contusion. Which, it could have been a lot worse. The way he looked, if you can watch a replay, and the pain he appeared to be in. The fact that he was able to to walk that off under his own power, he got on card off the field because that's a long walk from the outfield. He's able to avoid an IL stint. And here on, on this Saturday, looks like he's doing exercise. He's working out, feeling a lot better. Now I had the ice, had that ice on on the knee, and looks like everything's gonna be okay. It's no, it's probably gonna be painful for a little bit and uh, those knee contusions really banging that knee. I don't know if you've ever, if you ever remember like in high school or something, if you've ever just really just smacked your knee into something on the edge of a desk, that's painful. And and it's a lot of the bending and, and putting the pressure on it. So hopefully he's getting okay with it and it's nothing too dire and it doesn't affect him too much. It's going to be worrisome, though, is when he gets back into activity and starts running in the outfield. How is that going to feel on his knee? Because uh, it's a he plays center field. He's got a lot of ground to cover. He's a fast guy, but there's still a lot of that impact on that grass in the outfield, the wear and tear on the knees. And when it's already slightly injured, you want to be careful with it. And so hopefully he, he's not going to try to rush it back too quickly, but he knows his body. And, and I, Really hope that that uh, things work out for him. Because Doyle's been doing good. He is that elite center fielder that the Rockies have wanted for years that we haven't really had. And we've toted on him in you know, last week's show and on the podcast this season. But he's that center fielder the Rockies have desperately needed. And defensively, he's getting it done all aspects of the, the board. The offense is still coming along. Uh, once he gets on base, he's that nice speedy threat. But when he can get on base and when that bat starts to roll a little bit more, it gets a little more comfortable, we'll see that average and those numbers continue to rise up. And, and it's good to see. So Brent Doyle doing okay, coming back soon. Uh, able to avoid the injured list stint. And in conjunction with that, this kind of, I guess cause the next thing to happen. He goes down with that injury, but they just list him as day-to-day. But not wanting to to be shorthanded, the Rockies then turned to Nolan Jones, who received his second call-up of the season and has already played more games than he did the first time around, which a grand total of one is able to return back off of, uh, return back from Albuquerque, where he has been on a tear. Defensively, now, there's still things to work on you know, what the Rockies were looking at, but you can't deny the bat, and he's got that good, solid outfield arm, but it's his corner infield defense. It's still a little bit of a work in progress, 
but the bat is getting there. And I think a part of that is why he gets called up. Because for the most part, the Rockies could have worked a little shorthanded in this aspect. You had Michael Tolia, who ends up getting optioned back down to Albuquerque as a result of this move of bringing Jones back up. And I think it's specifically because Jones, the bat's working for him. I think that's the biggest thing. Michael Tolia's bat just isn't there yet. He had a brief stint. He was playing most every day since his call-up again here this season. And the bat's just not there. We know the potential it has. We He shows it down in Albuquerque and mashes that AAA pitching. He's got the power. Uh, the walks are up down there. But it's the strikeouts that are still his plague. And there's a lot of swing and miss with Michael Tolia. And that's something we hope he can figure out because he got the glove. The glove is there for Michael Tolia. He's got that gold glove defense. And you see kind of that double standard sometimes that the Rockies can have where Brent Doyle, Ezekiel Tovar, the bats are slowly coming along. They're not quite there yet. They're not what you'd want them to be. Same with Ryan McMahon. Ryan McMahon's defense, incredible. The offense just isn't there for some of these guys. And so, but they're still in there because of the defense. Unfortunately for Michael Tully, he's not getting afforded that luxury. The glove is there. Gold glove caliber defense at first base for Michael Tolia. But the bat's not there yet. And that's what the Rockies are going to need from him. And so, Michael, Nolan Jones is hitting. They'll take the learning pains of playing first base on the corners with Nolan Jones to provide offense now while they wait for C.J. Crone to come back. But Michael Tolia, I partly wonder if switch hitting is something that he should just kind of abandon and zero in on you know, his more natural side, whichever side he's a better hitter at, and, and stick with that. Pick one or the other. As much as I love a good switch hitter, it, it might be time to to abandon to abandon it. And, and we saw that with Ezekiel Tovar coming up, he was a switch hitter, and they advised him, hey, maybe you should drop that and just stick to, to batting right-handed, his natural side. He did so, offense started to take off. So maybe that could be a suggestion that the Rockies look at with Michael Tullia say, hey, no, we we love a good switch hitter. It's gotten you this far but it's just not working anymore. You don't really look as comfortable either side of the plate. Oh, he bats left-handed more often than not, which that, that happens. But no, maybe it's just something like, instead of trying to hit both sides, just focus on one, pour all your time and talent into figuring out how to become one of the elite left-handed power bats in the game. Because he has the power. It's definitely in there. So we'll see. And he'll... We'll enjoy Nolan Jones while we can here with the big league squad uh, because CJ Crone, he's working back from rehab. He's had the back spasms. They've kind of taken it slow with him to just let him recuperate and come back from it. But he's hitting in the cage, slowly inching his way back, and he should be back, I'm sure, back in there within the next no two weeks, I would say. No, sometime early part of June, we'll probably see... C.J. Crone back in a Rockies uniform. A couple of quick hits here. Otherwise, with uh, injuries, 
So we've got CJ Crone hitting in the cage. Antonio Senzatella got a, a the the platelet injection in his arm, in his elbow to help with the elbow strain. He's hopefully looking at that he can come back in August, start pitching again in August with the Rockies, which is a huge blow that uh, he has that elbow injury that's going to keep him out for a while. And hopefully just avoid Tommy John surgery at all costs. But like we talked about last week, the further this gets prolonged and the more and more it, it doesn't really get better. Uh, we're looking at a lost 2024 season for Antonio Senzatella. And so hopefully hit that everything works back. He can rehab nice and easy. Everything goes according to plan. No setbacks. And we see him back in August and September to finish out the season strong because the Rockies desperately need that because hopefully they won't be fighting to avoid 100 losses at that point. Other notes, Sean Bouchard, Brendan Rogers rehabbing back. Sean Bouchard you know, looking to, to make a history with this freak ruptured bicep injury and kind of make that history of rehab within the season and, and show how that can go and maybe be back by season's end, maybe by September he can see some action along with Brendan Rogers, who well, all these guys are a little ahead of schedule. Bouchard and Rogers and the Rockies are hoping, oh, maybe these guys can come back and we can see them no late in the season before we close things out. Uh, pitching wise, Noah Davis throwing bullpens. He should be making a rehab start here for the next couple days. Nick Mears, the same thing, starting to, to rehab back, throwing bullpens. He'll go and, and make get evaluated for some rehab assignments uh, with Noah Davis inching back Rockies needs starting pitching. Noah Davis coming back would be good. And lastly, Ryan Feltner with that head fracture uh, is slowly easing his way back, which is good. You can definitely tell that you no know, emotional thing is scary injury. Uh, and you know, he's going to get his time in his space to work back is no, that was a, you know, as far as injuries go, that's probably the worst no, for Rockies fans that we've witnessed to a pitcher since Juan Nicasio when he took a line drive to the head and the way he crumpled on the mound broke his neck. And so, no, a scary, dangerous thing, really life-threatening. And for a young pitcher like Ryan Feltner, obviously a, a scary thing, a very traumatic injury. And luckily he looks to be doing okay and he's just recuperating and he's in the clubhouse. So what a boost that is for that clubhouse and for those guys. And, you know, a lot of these guys will do their best, even though they're not in uniform on the field performing, though, there's still a lot of merit to them being in the clubhouse and, and interacting with the team, even though they're not directly engaged with them. So best wishes to Ryan Feltner as he inches back from injury. Uh, but we'll go ahead and take a quick break here. Uh, for the audio version. So stick around for these quick messages and we'll be right back here with more action. Moving on, talking about some starting pitching options. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. 
With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. So if you're sticking around here on the, I guess, the video version still, and the audio version, we're back here on Affected by Altitude. Skylar Timmons here, flying solo today here for the for the episode. And moving right along here. So starting pitching options. The Rockies are in need of starting pitching. We've been harping on that all season. Uh, injuries keep mounting. And as a result, everything has turned to Denelson Lamette. And we talked a little bit about him, that the Rockies are just kind of trying to stitch together a rotation and the idea of you know, Lamette starting. And this is a, an article I wrote over on purplerow.com recently, uh, this past week, of just how it's worth adding Denelson Lamette to the starting rotation. And we look at his numbers this season, and yeah, they, they haven't been good. But he's been strictly used as a reliever, and things have just not panned out for him. The walks were up, he was getting hit hard, home runs, everything was not going his way and was going a, a long way to prevent him from, from being the best option that he could be in, in I guess, out of the bullpen and as, as a pitcher. And I, we kind of look back at his career. This is a guy who was a fourth-place Cy Young Award, had a fourth-place Cy Young Award uh, finish in 2020 in that shortened season. But we go back, kind of a, a flashback on his career. 2017 as a rookie with the Padres, he goes seven and eight with a five point five with a four point five seven ERA in 21 games through 114 innings, gave up 18 home runs, but he had 139 strikeouts, 54 walks. So not too shabby for your rookie season. Uh, probably. Hoped it would be better uh, pitching there in San Diego, but it wasn't. But still, very respectable for a 24-year-old in his big league first big league season. He lo- but unfortunately, the injuries started to pop up for him. Loses 2018 to Tommy John surgery. Starts the season now on the injured list in 2019. But when he comes back, he's able to put up a. 4.07 ERA in 14 starts in 2019. So a nice bounce back season comes back. 73 innings, cuts down on the home runs with 12, 105 strikeouts, 12 or 30 walks. Still a good season. Nice bounce back when you come back from injury like that, Tommy John. Well, then 2020 season happens at 27, puts up a tiny 2.09 ERA. In 12 starts, 69 innings, nice, and 93 strikeouts, 20 walks, cuts way down on his home runs in half nearly with five. 
So things are looking nice for him. But again, near the end of that 2020 season, even if it was a shortened one, elbow troubles or forearm troubles, arm troubles pop up again, and he can't pitch in the playoffs for the Padres that season. So again, starts the season on the injured list. When he comes back in 2021, he's able to make nine starts in the season. Doesn't make a whole lot of starts, but again, the arm troubles pop up again, and that sends him back to the injured list after struggling, and ultimately he ends up, when he comes back, used exclusively in the bullpen for the rest of the season. And it was hard because he already lost that spot, because if you recall the San Diego Padres, after 2020 winning on that huge trade spree, they bring in Joe Musgrove, Hugh Darvish, and Blake Snell. So that's three of your five starting rotation spots taken up. And then you had Ryan Weathers and Chris Paddock kind of pop up as as the better options in the rotation amidst Lamette's struggles. So he loses that starting spot and gets sent to the bullpen. Still respectable 440 ERA in 47 innings that season. But injuries kind of derailed him and lost his spot in the rotation. Then 2022. Starts in the rotation or starts out in the bullpen exclusively, pitches in 13 games to a 9.49 ERA. They decide to dump him, trade him to the to the uh, Brewers for Josh Hader. Brewers immediately release him or designate him for assignment, and the Rockies pick him up. Has a decent rest of the end of the season with the Rockies as a as a reliever, and they saw enough to keep him around, but. I fear when they did that, it was just kind of a flash in the pan. New change of scenery, uh, maybe lesser competition near the end of the Rocky season, was in a better place to succeed. Comes away with a 4.05 ERA in 20 innings of work. Home runs are down, strikeouts and walks are still pretty good. So he he's used exclusively there in that reliever role. But unfortunately, I don't think that was really what was best for him. Because as we look here in the 2023 season, pitches 12 games, 12.66 ERA in 10 and two-thirds innings of work. And that ends up him with an injury. He gave up 15 runs on 14 hits. That was the same total that he had with the Padres there in 2022 in about the same amount of innings still. And, and here's the big one, the kicker. Strikeouts are down, walks were up. 13 strikeouts to 12 walks for Lamette this season. Not good. About a one-to-one ratio, and he's not giving up the home runs. He's just getting hit hard. He's walking guys and then giving up the big hit where... He has that 2.438 whip. So that's walks, hits per nine innings pitched. He's at least given up at least two and a half hits every nine innings. Not great. So he's given up a lot of a lot of hits, getting hit hard. And, and it's just not working. But they send him down on the rehab to Albuquerque. And he's kind of hung out down there a little longer than maybe he probably needed to. But I think it's because the Rockies were working on, while he's rehabbing, we're going to turn him back into a starter. We're going to stretch him out 
because we are in desperate need of a, a starting pitcher option because the guys we're bringing up, they're getting hammered. Guys are getting injured. We're <laughs> scraping the bottom of the barrel here. But Lamette is giving that, that option to be a starter, and he's done very well down in AAA Albuquerque. He's made three. He's pitched in three games. He's made two, or he's made three starts. The first one was more or less, yeah. The reliever's going to start because he's going to get his work in early. But then they moved on. Of okay, we're going to have him have him start. He's going to go three or four innings and see what he can do. Try to stretch him out. Things look pretty good. We'll throw him out there again. Hey, things are still looking pretty good. And it's it's, it's going to be good here. And as I try to pull up his, his game logs here, my phone here. But it's interesting to see what he's been able to do in his outings down in Albuquerque. Because the Rockies are going to need that. And you look at the mindset of a, a pitcher some I always had growing up, some guys just don't have the mentality to be a reliever for a bit. They can, but the more they do it, sometimes things just don't click. You just don't have it. And he was coming into tough situations. Sometimes guys were on base, sometimes coming in with a clean inning, but it was a just late in the game and things just weren't clicking, clicking for him this season as a reliever. So they send him down to Albuquerque. First time around, goes two innings, allows one run on four hits in two innings of work just to get that work in. Then they start thinking, hey, let's maybe stretch him out a bit. May 20th, four perfect innings with four strikeouts on 60, not 66 pitches, just on a good 38 pitches. Not too shabby. Through four innings, perfect baseball, no walks, really, really solid. And then his last start on Friday, May 26th, goes four and two-thirds, no runs on two hits, six strikeouts, one walk, and does so on 63 pitches. That's pretty dang good. And I know it's the I know it's triple A baseball. You, know, you can take things with, with a grain of salt, but then you think of the offensive numbers that can be put up in the PCL for a guy that's been used exclusively as a reliever uh, for the better part of no near two years, two and a half or so years for him to come out and do that in Albuquerque and when just his second really stretch out start, things were working for him. And that was a really low scoring game. And, <laughs> I believe they ended up winning that game. Yeah, I believe the Isotopes ended up winning that game. It was a pretty, you no, know, a drastic decision. So it was a real low-scoring game. It's impressive. And I think the Rockies are going to get, it's worth a shot seeing what Denelson Lamette can do as a starter for the Rockies. If it doesn't pan out, you can cut bait with him. If he doesn't want to, if you don't want to send him back to the bullpen because the bullpen sins so good, maybe you can you can stick him back there 
and you no know, Connor Siebold or Carl Kaufman will one of those guys will probably get sent down. But if it's not working with Lamette as a starter, you can either just cut bait with him and, and let him go find the opportunity elsewhere, or you can stick him out, out in the bullpen. Or if he does start to pan out and starts to give you good quality starts, he can build up some value and you can trade him. Hopefully, he's in the final year of his contract. He's getting paid $5 million this year. So at the deadline, probably not not much. So it's not going to cost you much. You might get, you're not getting anything significant for him. But teams, if he's doing well at the at the deadline or the all-star break, and teams are, are in need of starting pitching or you know, a guy that they know like, hey, we can he's doing well and we can stick him in the rotation or long man or in our bullpen somewhere, it's going to go a long way. And so Rockies have some options. And if they're trying to maximize on that value and do something with it, I think it's really worth it. Nelson Lamette, he has the history, and I think he's he's going to do well. Hopefully. Hopefully he can come in and, and show what he's doing down in Albuquerque with the Rockies. And so that, that's probably coming in this coming week. We're going to see Denelson Lamette suit up and, and start for the Rockies. Uh, could be Wednesday or Thursday, whenever their that start would be. Uh, but He's coming, and it's worth a shot. So I'm excited to see because it's nice to see those guys that had that history, and he hasn't been a reliever for very long, so you can still make that transition of, okay, we can stretch this guy back out into a starter. And hopefully the the injuries don't resurface. Uh, and if they do, well, at least you got a couple of starts out of him, I guess. But... Excited to see what happens with Denelson Lamette working on becoming a starter for the Colorado Rockies once again. And turn back to his roots. Love the quote that he had is he doesn't like starting pitching. He loves it. And there's something special about being a starter. Uh, There are guys that are kind of born and bred to be relievers, but then there's a lot of relievers that were once starters and then just lost their spot or were deemed a failed starter. And honestly, I don't think Lamette is a failed starter. He's just an injured one that lost his spot with the Padres who decided to not sit around and wait for him and decided to upgrade when they had the opportunity and bring in guys that could be aces and, and dive into their healthy prospects at the time. So excited to see what happens with him. Again, he'll probably be starting here pretty soon within maybe this upcoming week. Uh, so you'll hear this on Monday. Could be this sometime this week. Uh, by June 1st, I think Daniel Salamette will have started a baseball game for the Colorado Rockies. We'll see. Hopefully we're right. All right, we'll take one last little break here. And then when we come back, close things out and talk a little bit about Ryan McMahon and a little bit of those offensive numbers that he's putting up, and just his weird, weird season. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back here on Affected by Altitude. All righty, welcome back here on Affected by Altitude. This is the last segment here. And Skyler Timmons, thank you, as always, here uh, with you hosting on my own today. And I appreciate you tuning in with me this week. Uh, as Evan is sick, wish him well, and everybody else was really busy. And it just didn't, sometimes that happens. Things just don't line up. 
with you. But last thing we want to kind of talk about this week here uh, was Ryan McMahon. He's having a weird, weird season. Um, this is another article that I wrote. <laughs> We're always self-promoting here. I wrote it was for the IBWAA, the Here's the Pitch newsletter. You can find the Internet Baseball Writers Association of America on Twitter. Uh, they have a newsletter. It's really good. Lots of good content coming out of there. Uh, different writers and bloggers and, and people that are part of that association, myself included. And they give us opportunities to write for a newsletter. And you know, I, I wrote one about Ryan McMahon because he's one I've been thinking about because I think it's pretty well documented. Ryan McMahon's offensive prowess this season has left a lot to be desired. In fact, it's almost been non-existent. And I'm sure it's frustrating for him. It's frustrating for <laughs> maybe frustrating for the organization and obviously very frustrating for a lot of fans of Ryan McMahon and the Rockies. And it's hard when a good premier guy that we signed an extension to isn't performing. You know, Chris Bryant isn't. That'll be a discussion for another time when I have more guys to kind of vent off of. But this is fresh on my mind talking about Ryan McMahon. Because looking at his numbers, things should be better than they are. Because you can dive into his numbers, and there's not really anything big and obscure or strange happening with how he approaches, how he's up at the plate. You can look at his numbers. His chase rate's pretty standard for his career. His whiff percentage is pretty standard for his career. Walk percentage strikeout percentage and everything's kind of the same the way it's always been they're relatively pretty close throughout his career you can look at his page on baseball savant his percentiles he's hitting the ball hard he's smoking them but it's just not doing anything you can look at his expected home runs and i believe he's at like five right now uh, according to that he'd have maybe about eight depending on some places expected batting average is pretty standard, but his power and balls in play and everything should be higher and kind of indicate better results than what he's getting. And it's really strange to see because he is a power bat. We know the potential Ryan McMahon has. He is a power bat. He can go up there and he honestly could put up a 30 homer season and you no know, 90 to 100 RBIs. He could do that, but he's not. And a big part of that is one, the strikeouts. The strikeouts are a problem. And a lot of the swing and misses uh, are pretty standard, but it's continued to mount up and get worse. And I think that's the big thing this season is why the power isn't coming is because he's falling behind in the count, he's digging holes for himself, he's swinging at bad pitches, and he's striking out a lot. And when you have your guy batting in the five or six hole, those strikeouts become even more glaring because the guys in front of you are on base. Really, that five or six hole guy, that four, five, six, they're meant to help drive in runs and set the table for the guys coming up. So where Ryan McMahon hits in the lineup is a very important spot. He's just not doing anything with it. And so the, those strikeouts 
are becoming a problem and we need him to get better. And that's easier said than done, unfortunately. But I, I think the one thing that uh, people know, have noted, you know, reporters and everybody, and even some you know, opposing scouts, that there, there's a hole in Ryan McMahon's swing. And a part of it comes from a big, long swing. Uh, if, you, if you've watched him, well, he does stand a little bit more upright. And he has this tendency to, this is something you always notice, it's kind of a long casting swing. So it can get a little long. And when you do that, you're late on everything. You foul off a lot of pitches. You're going to be late. You're going to whiff more because you're you're just late on everything. You're behind on the pitches. And so hopefully that's something that maybe Bam Bam Mullins or, or somebody can help him understand is getting that short, compact swing without sacrificing the power. And that's something when, when Chris Bryant early in the season when Chris Bryant was on, he has a nice, short, compact swing, straight path to the ball, and he's able to drive it. Now, he doesn't have much power, and Chris Bryant's a whole other thing. But you look at some of the great hitters in the game, guys that just seem like they're on with everything. They're smoking everything coming their way. They're on time. When they hit the ball, it's going somewhere. The reason they're able to do that is there's not as much of a hole in their swing because it's short, compact, and it doesn't end up long. That's what's happening to Ryan McMahon. He's got that long swing, and it's sapping his power because we see him, when he makes contact, oh, he wallops them. If he can pull a baseball, he wallops them. But the problem is that late swing, that long swing, balls are traveling deeper into the zone, and he's just not able to catch up to them. I looked at his spray chart uh, of hits. Everything was to center and right field. And when you're Ryan McMahon, you think of a left-handed batter at Coors Field. Where would you want that guy to be hitting baseballs? You want him pulling them if he can. And we're seeing, more often than not, Ryan McMahon, if he's getting pitched to the outside, he's hitting it that way. But if pitches are inside, he's either swinging and missing, fouling them off, or a little dribbler over to first or second for a ground ball, he's out. So we, we need him to get that pull stroke back in, back in play. So we can wallop some dingers because that, that's probably his greatest asset. He can If he can up the average, be a 250 hitter even. We'll take that, but the power has to come. Uh, the plate discipline has to improve. And cut down on those strikeouts. Because when looking at his at his numbers this season, it's pretty interesting the drastic changes depending on the count that he faces. On the first pitch of an at-bat, McMahon is hitting, has a 571 average. A 571 on base. He's slugging 857. Which is pretty dang good. If you ask me, once he has a 1-0 count, if he has a 1-0 count, he's batting 500. He is slugging 1.286. He has two home runs in 1-0 counts. Contrast that. When there's zero balls in total, so any 
3-0, any of those. Zero balls, or when there's zero strikes, we'll do it that way. Zero strikes, he's batting 533, 548 with a 1.067 OP, or, yeah, <laughs> slugging percentage, a 1.615 OPS. Pretty dang good. He is an elite hitter when he has no strikes on him. 3-0 count, <laughs> he hasn't even seen that many 3-0 counts, which tells you a lot. 2-0 counts, again, five, batting 500. He's only seen a couple of those. But more often than not, he is seeing himself dig into counts with strikes. When there are zero balls, so 0-1, 0-2, he's hitting 257, 250 on base, 400 slugging. Not ideal. But he's got a couple of his home runs in that, or he has no home runs in those instances. When he's ahead, he's got three home runs. When he's ahead in the count, so that's when he has no 1-0, 2-1, those kind of counts. When he's ahead, he's got a 3-0-2 average. But when he falls behind, that drops down to a buck 29 batting average. And 31 strikeouts when the pitcher is ahead. When he's ahead, just nine strikeouts. When he has two strikes on him, he has 63 strikeouts. And just 15 walks. Still pretty good. He's battled back a lot of the times. But still, a lot of bat-bats end in strikeouts. So the key for McMahon, get that short, compact swing. Figure out how he can be aggressive early in the count. Jump on those first pitches if it comes. His home run against Max Scherzer on Friday night. It came, he saw the first pitch, high and outside, 1-0. All right? Next pitch comes inside on him, a 1-0 pitch. He clobbers it to left field or to right field for a home run. Off of Max Scherzer, one of the best pitchers of this generation, a guaranteed Hall of Famer, Hall of Fame pitcher, and takes him deep with that percent in a 1-0 count, crushed it. And so that's the key for McMahon. Maybe it's a mental thing of going up, and you don't want to think too much, but you know, understand th- those odds of, okay, I'm best when I can be aggressive on that first pitch. If that first pitch is there, I'm crushing it. If he can shorten that swing just a little bit, crushing things. But the the big thing is um, when he's struggling, no, improve your your plate approach, your vision to make it a better count for his odds, so he can get those hits, get the pitches he wants, and drive baseballs. There's a lot of things to hitting that, no, I don't prescribe to, to try and be a professional, but and these are things that these guys know. It takes an organization or a good coach or teammate, somebody to come up to them and say, hey, I noticed this when you're batting. This is what maybe we should try doing and work on instead of oh, McMahon included of don't be prideful and think, well, no, I'm just not executing. There's more to it. There's a reason why you're not executing. And further explore that. 
are you putting too much pressure on yourself? Maybe. Is that a mechanical thing? Probably. There, there's so much that the organization and the and the players need to to look at more in, instead of just I'm not executing. When we when I say these guys got to perform better, that's what I mean. They got to evaluate and change things if they can. And if they can't, oh, that's baseball. <laughs> so hopefully McMahon can can iron some things out because the potential's there. Power's there. We know what kind of player he can be. He's just got to put it together because that contract is getting worse by the minute the more he underperforms. And you know, at some point, he could find himself you know, uh, the same route as many other great players that just have a number of players who have signed those kinds of contracts end up not with the team he signed them with because he just can't do it anymore. And the Rockies could cut him loose with rookies performing better or playing good defense and hitting better. Could cut him loose or trade him to something that, that could use him. So we'll see, but hopefully things work out for Ryan McMahon uh, because we need him. I like I like Mac. Hopefully he can figure things out uh, because we need him. him. And the numbers indicate he should be doing better than he is this season. But with that, that's going to do it here for this edition of Affected by Altitude. Uh, thank you for joining me on this on this solo show. Hopefully not too grating to hear me talk to you for oh, about 50 minutes or so here, a little less than an hour. Uh, but thank, as always, thank you so much for joining with us and supporting the show, tuning in and checking out everything. You can find us over on Instagram and Twitter at Rocky. R-O-C-K-Y-M-T-N Rooftop. And you can also go check out our spread, our Spreadshirt shop link over on that Twitter account. Get yourself one of these That's Baseball t-shirts. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Sideline underscore crowd. Always writing stuff. <laughs> sharing, sharing jokes and memes. Uh, you can also always support the, the guys that pop up on here, Evan and myself. Uh, follow us you can follow our work over at purpleroad.com. Uh, we've kind of spun off from them uh, with all the all the the budget stuff that we, we've talked about before. Uh, so we're Purple Road adjacent. We're still grateful for all the support they show us. And you can always find articles in this podcast over on purpleroad.com. We always post it over there. Support the website. Helps all of our great writers uh, keep that thing going. And then every download and listen on the podcast and subscribe here on YouTube goes to help to try and support the show because we'd love to keep growing this and, you know, and do more things with it uh, because we love Rockies baseball. We love the fans. We love the community. And we just want a place where we can all vent our frustrations and share our thoughts and ideas about the team. So that'll do it here for this week. As always, again, bomb our hearts. Thank you so much for supporting us. Hopefully we'll have a bigger crew next week, aside from just me uh, and, and everything. But until next time, I'm Skylar. Go Rockies. Go Nuggets. Farewell. This has been Affected by Altitude, a Colorado Rockies podcast with Rocky Mountain Rooftop, a proud affiliate of the Fans First Sports Network. Catch new episodes every Monday on wherever you get your favorite podcasts.
Be sure to follow us on YouTube as well for video versions of the show.